Welcome to Four Points Online. We are so honored that you're with us here today. And if God has used this ministry to change your life, we want to hear about it. So go to fourpoints.org slash mystory and tell us. You know what, it's because of your generosity that we are able to expand the kingdom. If you want to give and be a part of what God's doing here at Four Points, go to our website and choose the safe and secure option. Or you can download our app and give there as well. And now we are so excited about hearing a powerful word from God today. Will you high five somebody beside you after you clap? Will you high five somebody beside you and say, it's time to talk about it? Let me hear you say, it's time to talk about it. It's time to talk about it. It's time to talk about it. If you missed last week, I encourage you to go back and watch week one of His and Hers because how many of y'all... How many of y'all were trying to be a fountain this week? How many of y'all were letting the world know that, that we're not, we don't need to be a drain because that tends to be where we are. This week I'm really excited because it's something that I know is going to hit every person in the room. So let me just say this. Even if you're not a Christian and you're not even interested in Christianity, in a life with Jesus Christ, I believe this message can help you. But it can't shift your life completely until the end of the service when you give your heart and life to Jesus Christ. And I believe that's somebody's destiny today in this room, and I'm excited about it. But I want to talk about today what it means to communicate with each other. Shoo! I mean, you know, we're going to have a little fun today, if that's cool with y'all, because we just have different ways of communication. Can anybody agree with me in this place? His and her way of communicating. There's already a buzz, so I know y'all are going to talk to me in this place. When I think about men and women and communicating... <clears throat> I think about, some of y'all are going to laugh because you're like, this is already starting off weird. I think about chickens because men are a lot like roosters. Come on, ladies, you can talk to me. We like to strut around, huh? We like to be outside the house and let everybody know that what we do is important, right? We find a lot of, a lot of value in what we do. And to be honest with you, we don't really care what inside the house looks like. Right now we're remodeling the house and we're going through all these different colors of this, that, and the other. And I'm just going to be honest with y'all in front of you. I don't care. <laughs> well, does this color look pretty? What do you think with this? I really value your opinion. I like white. <laughs> right? White's good. If I had my way, we'd probably do white because it's just easy and I don't have to worry about it. But I want what she wants, for real, and I want her to be happy, and so then we got to think about what it's like to be a hen. Now, this is what's interesting, guys. Y'all can laugh, but you know I'm right. <laughs> Ladies find a lot more importance in the home, in the home, than strutting around outside. <laughs> yeah. You let me pick up five bags of groceries and get a pat on the back, I'm going to try to pick up ten. <laughs> right? But inside the home is where safety is found for ladies. Am I right? Inside the home. So, men, we could live in a cardboard box and be happy. But, ladies, you would look for a cardboard box that had a little bit of flowers in it and was cleaned up. Am I right? I remember being on a mission trip in Nicaragua. This, I'll never forget this as long as I live. And, and we walked into a plastic house. It had plastic walls. It was four sticks. It had a metal roof. And before we came in, the lady of the home said, give me just a minute. She had a dirt floor, and she swept her dirt floor. And it took my heart, and it took my breath away because I was like, 
Because the man of the house was standing outside and he was, he, was, he was standing with the other roosters and he wanted to make sure that everybody knew that he was the man. But inside the home where she found her safety, it was just different. And she wanted to sweep the dirt. It was, it was fascinating because it does not matter how big or small your home is. That's your safe haven. That's why, guys, when you say just get over it, it's not the same for a lady as it is a man. And so when there's church hurt that's happened in the past, this is your church home for some of you. But, but in church places in the past, when a lady's been hurt in a church, it's not the same. Because the safety's in the home. And when church hurt takes place, it takes longer. So men, don't, don't put a weight on them that, that's not intended to be on them. Because we don't understand because we communicate so differently. Like, we communicate like this. I remember, I remember uh, when I was going on a road trip. Somebody say amen that loves a road trip in this place. All the dudes in here better say amen. I just read this week, by the way, it's sitting in the message, but I just read this week they got this new catheter out. <sighs> that is non-invasive. If you don't know what that means, you can look it up, but just don't Google image it if you know what I'm talking about. And it's non-invasive, and, and so you can go on these road trips for like 20 hours. And I felt the Holy Spirit in my office when I read that because that's what I'm talking about because, men, we just want to get to the destination. Are y'all with me? We ain't into, listen, those places on the side of the road where you can take a picture, a man didn't do that. Are y'all with me? If, it was for, if men ran the world and were all around the world and we were the only ones that had anything to do with anything, they wouldn't be the places to take a picture. But ladies, y'all want to take it in, don't you? You're not just about getting to the destination. You're about enjoying the destination. Getting there is half the fun. Just get me there, if you know what I'm talking about. And so, so we're so different. We're so different, and we communicate very differently as a result of that. Men want to just get to the point of a conversation. I need somebody to talk to me in here because y'all know I'm telling the truth. And ladies, you love to give me the details about everything that ever happened about her life and about what kind of coffee she was drinking, and I don't even know who she is. <laughs> and here's the problem. My way, his way, is to fix the problems and then get bragged on, and her way is to be listened to and love and just shut up. I'm not trying to get you to fix me. Yeah. It's not a good time to be silent because y'all know what I'm talking about in here, right? My way is always to fix it. His ways are always to fix it. We want to fix our spouse's but it doesn't have to be your spouse. We want to fix her. Your mama's struggling with something you're trying to fix her. She don't want you to fix her, sons. She wants you to listen to her. Yeah. And she wants your affection and love. Can I just tell y'all something and I'm going to move on? I really believe that, that we can help understand each other in a lot of ways with today's message. But I think, I think maybe in a bigger picture we can begin to understand why so many affairs have taken place over the years. I'm not putting a condemnation on anyone for your past. I want you to hear this. Men, when you're at home and your wives are asking to be listened to and loved and all you want to do is fix it and then get bragged on, she's going to find somebody that will listen to her and love her if you won't. I don't believe most people set out to find an affair. I believe most people find, set out to find the way that they communicate that someone else will. And when the opposite sex does, it leads to all kinds of troubles. This is a newsflash. This is going to break people's, this is going to blow some of your minds. I don't think that my wife was first attracted to me because I'm incredibly handsome. Okay. I make her laugh. 
We love to hang out with each other. We listen to each other. We, we have fun with each other. I'm more attracted to Leah today than I was when we were 16 and we started dating because we have a relationship that is not just based on how we look and then slam the door and not communicate. It takes time and effort and energy to build a love relationship. And most of us want this. We look out for the hottie out there. Guys and girls, this is his and her way. But eventually the hottie's got to talk. There should have been more talking back to me right there. And at least to these frustrations in our lives that we just want to throw our hands up and say, I quit. And if you've ever been around people that are in any kind of relationship, this is what it feels like to me. It's his fault. It's her fault. It's their fault. It's everybody's fault, but it ain't me. Are y'all with me? It ain't me. I don't know who did it, but it ain't my fault. Did I do that? <laughs> Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. It's his fault. Listen, this is from the very beginning, Adam and Eve. God comes to them. The serpent did it. She did it. It was her fault. It was Eve. It was his fault, serpent. It's never my fault. And so I do want to say this, and I believe it's important for you to understand today. I feel like sometimes people think that it's good if you never have any arguments. And I want y'all to know that's so not realistic. If you never argue with the person that you love the most and you're close to, that means you lack passion. That means you don't care about them. That means you don't care about each other. And I've heard people say so often, well, you know, we've just never been into an argument. And I look at them and go, <laughs> then y'all ain't married. Come on. Because that's not realistic. But what we have to decide is, eventually, who, what are we trying to do? Because the reason that I always say it's her fault, it, it's not me, it's their fault, is because I believe I'm always right. Let me, let me just tell y'all something that's crazy. I'm oftentimes wrong. Many times I'm wrong. And the only way that things can get better is not when I fix her, but when I start leaning in toward her and saying, let me just think about your way. I don't want to stop and take a lot of pictures. Matter of fact, I don't want to take any pictures. Come on, somebody. I don't, but I need to start thinking about your way. I don't need to try to fix you. I need to try to listen to what you have to say. And maybe you have something to say that can help me. Maybe you just have something to say because you just want me to listen to you and love you. But most of the time, the only thing I'm concerned with in my life is my way, not her way, and not your way. And if it's my way or the highway, I'm telling you, it's going to be the highway, everybody. We're going to end up really lonely and lost. And so today I want to talk about talking. I want to talk about building up. I want to talk about what that looks like. But I want to show you two verses that we're going to build this message on. And I think this first one is so fascinating. And listen, let's say you're not married in the room. This can be a pillar for the way that you live your life. Look what Colossians, this is Paul writing to the church of Colossia. And he says, let, let your speech always be gracious. Listen, if you have a different translation that you can look up like the NIV or the New Living. It says, let your conversations always be full of grace. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt. Seasoned with salt. That you may know how you ought to answer each person. Let each conversation that you have in your speech be full of grace and seasoned with salt. This is something that we get really wrong. This is something that we don't do very well. Here's what I think we do with our conversations. If you're a fighter, we like to have our conversations full of salt and seasoned with grace. But if you get too salty, how many of y'all know things won't live when it's too salty? 
We talked about this last week, but, but the Dead Sea, I looked it up to make sure I was right. The Dead Sea is 35% salt. Your, the ocean is 3.5% salt. Is that more? Wow. Right? Ten times more salt in the Dead Sea. But that's not the only problem. There's also nothing going out, so it's always in and never out. Always in and never out. There's no flow that takes place. I need you to know that if it's always your way, that it's always going out. And it's always telling her or always telling him or always telling each other. And this can be any conversations that you have. If it's always telling other people like it is. But it's never listening to what they have to say. I've been fascinated this week with social media. I do not care who you voted for and I do not care if you're excited about Donald Trump being our president. I've been fascinated with this part of social media this week. I love the people, this is not me, and I'm certainly not taking credit for this. I'm saying corporately and globally, this is what I'm seeing. I love to take a like button and get really excited for the people that I'm aligned with. But if you disagree with me, I'm going to be really salty. It's too quiet in here. Come on. Y'all know, what, has anybody been on social media this week? I mean, it's, it's devastating to watch. It's not just them out there, it's everybody. Really good people voted for the person that you didn't. And if we'd ever take time to listen to why, it might change the game for us. That does not mean that I would have voted for the other person that I didn't vote for. It just means that maybe I can listen to them instead of hammering them. But that's not what we want to do. We want to, we want to cover them with salt and then season them with a little grace and say, well, I said with all due respect, so I should be fine. <laughs> it's not fine. And in your home when you say, well, I just want you to know I love you. If you've cussed them out, they don't really want to hear that right now. And we get so bent out of shape because here's the truth. The hardest person to be patient with is the person that you're closest to. The hardest person to love is the person that you've been so close to for so long, some of you. And you begin to look at them as they're just ordinary and common. And so we get salty with each other and we try to sprinkle it with a little grace. We try to sprinkle it with a little grace. How many of y'all know that grace is powerful and active and it's not something that's like a little box on the corner that is just a sweet gift that you can go find every once in a while, but, but God saved me because he chased me and I was saved by the grace of God. And if we want to emulate what God has done in our lives with our spouses or with the people that are closest to in our lives, we can't just look out and say, there's some grace over there if you want to come get it. We got to begin to show them actively, I know what you did, but I want to show you some grace. And I can't be without saying something. Listen to this. The other side that Christians have become is no salt. Zero salt. And the Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, that's not good either because if the salt loses its flavor altogether, then how can anything change? How can we flavorize the world if we're the same as the world? That does not mean we go out and dump too much salt because things die. But if there's no salt at all, there's no preservation. There's no change that can take place. We're not them, but we love them. We don't stand to condemn them. We want them to be drawn in by the grace and the love of Jesus. There is a massive difference between hating the person that is screwed it up and turning a blind eye and say, everybody's good. We're just going to turn a blind eye and just think everybody's good. That is not what this is calling us to do. It's flavoring it with salt, but covering it with grace. And then the other one that we're going to build on is Ephesians chapter 4. Y'all remember what the word corrupt means last week? Do you remember it? Rotten fruit. Rotten fruit. And the opposite of that is pure. And it says, let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but... Only that which is good for building up. Everybody say building up. 
Say it again. Say building up. As fits the occasion that it may give grace. Isn't that fascinating? That it may give grace to those who hear it. And so this is not saying, listen carefully, this is not saying that you should never have something to say. This is saying that if you have something to say just to prove a point, that you want to be salty about it. And it seems like, this is crazy, it seems like maybe some of us have something to say. But most of the time, the person that I want to be salty with is the person that I'm closest to or my spouse. And if I'm a world changer out there, but in my home, I'm salty. If I'm popping off at the mouth, listen, if you want to find out about someone's character, I read this this week in an awesome book that y'all should read called Chase the Lion. And he said this line this week, and I circled it and started and said, you might want to follow this advice, buddy. If you ever want to find out his or her true character, let put a little pressure on them. Because if they get salty when pressure's put on them, and they get angry and they pop off at the mouth when pressure's put on them, and Lord knows that I've done that many times in my life, then the true test of a man is behind what happens when he has pressure on him, not what happens when everything's good. Everybody can act good when things are good. Are y'all with me in here? But how are we when things get difficult? Because I need y'all to know that the goal is to build each other up and not tear each other down. But so often what we do is tear each other down. And then we, then we come to a place where we look and say, how did this happen? It's because I spent day after day tearing her down, but I was trying to fix her. I spent day after day not building him up, but it's not my job to build him up. Listen, wife, if you're not going to build him up, who else is? Somebody is, and it probably ain't going to end well if it's not you. Because he's going to be desperate to be built up with your words. Because whether you know it or not, your man desperately wants your affection and desperately wants your words of being built up. We act macho because we're strutting around. Do you know what we want when we're strutting around? We want you to tell us how good we are. And when we don't get it, it ain't good. Because you can find it if you're looking for it. And it hurts when it's not you. And so... Today, the title of the message is Bricks or Bulldozers. Bricks or Bulldozers. Are we building up or are we tearing down? How many of y'all know that if we're going to take time and build something brick by brick, that it takes a little bit of time? How many of y'all know that? It can take a week to build something that looks halfway decent. If we're trying to build bridges from man to woman because, you, we different. If we're trying to build bridges between each other, how many of y'all know that I can take a bulldozer and tear down what I've built in a week in about a minute? That it doesn't take long. I just have to push the lever forward and we're going to tear it all down. And this is the frustration when it comes to walking with Jesus. And even more so, specifically in this case, just with our words. It's frustrating that I can build and build and be doing the right things and in a moment tear down everything that I've worked on. But I need y'all to know that that's the reality of life. That every single word you say, everything that comes out of your mouth is true to what Solomon said in Proverbs chapter 18, that life and death are in the power of your tongue. That it's not just sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never hurt me. As a matter of fact, it has weight that is carried for a long, long time. And it's because you're building or you're tearing down with every word you say. Paul said, don't let anything that's corrupt come out of your mouth. Why? Because every word you say matters. We don't get days off and time off. We should be building. And I want to be a brick builder. And I want to lay some bricks that are foundational and loving 
But most of us don't take time to think big. We just think, I need to fix her. I need to fix him. It's his fault. It's her fault. And so today what I want to do is think about the word build. And I want to do an acronym. I don't know if y'all like acronyms or not, but I like them. I learned that way. So if y'all don't, y'all just stay with me and act like you like it, and we'll be happy in this place. But if you got notes, I'd love for you to take it. If you'll take your notes out and write this down, because the word build, we're going to start with B, and it means believe the best. Believe the best. Believe the best. This one's hard because it's easy to say that you believe the best about someone but put a little pressure on somebody and you'll find out what they really believe. Let something go bad in their life. Let, let negativity come to their life and you'll find out if they really believe the best. This word, believe the best, can simply be translated trust. Trust. We want a culture of trust in this house. But listen, for your house, a culture of trust is necessary. If you're ever going to have conversations that are building each other up, that are thinking about the other person's stuff, that are, that are beginning to walk and build and have bridges that are being built, not stuff that we're tearing down constantly each other with our words and being nasty, then we have to build. And listen, the enemy of trust is suspicion. Everybody say suspicion. Pastor Mark, I'm not suspicious. That's good. I'm good. If you ever take, i got to find it. If you ever take the person in your lives, and I know some of y'all have been hurt deeply, and some of y'all shouldn't be foolish, and I'm not going for foolishness in this place. I'm not telling you that if there's a reason that you need to do this that you shouldn't. But if there's not, and most of the time there's not, you begin to check behind. Oh, okay. I bet she's, I bet he's, and we begin to look. And we begin to lose trust because constantly we start doing that over our shoulders. We do it at work, right? Are y'all with me in here? We do it at work. I know it's quiet, but I need somebody to talk to me if y'all know what I'm saying. Does everybody know what it is to be suspicious in here? Sometimes we should be. I'm not, I'm not advocating foolishness. But what I'm telling you is if you ever want to build trust, if you ever want to build trust, you have to do what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13. I love this so much. 1 Corinthians 13, 7 says, Love bears all things and believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. And that is so difficult but it doesn't, because it doesn't say it believes some things. It gives them a chance to build back up and eventually we can trust them. Love, that is God's love. This chapter is defining what it means to love like God loves. And when I begin to understand that, I will believe all things. I will hope all things. I will endure all things. I'll stand beside his way or her way. I'll, I'll believe all things even when she's wrong. And I won't try to tear down with a bulldozer, with one word de defeating all the stuff that I built up for the last week. I will begin to look at her and say, she screwed up just now. He screwed up just now. They screwed up just now. But I'm going to show them the love of God by believing the best about them. And, and, and who the goodness knows what kind of day she had, what kind of day he had, what kind of day you had. I don't know that someone passed away in your life, but I come up to you because you offended me. And we live offended. We should never live offended because the one person that took away all offense and took it on his life, Jesus, we followed him, Christians. And, but we want to live offended, so we hear someone talk about someone that said something about the person we didn't vote for this week, and we live offended. So we tear each other down, tear each other down. And we doggone sure don't believe the best because how could they possibly have fill in the blank? And as soon as that comes out of our mouth, I live a life of suspicion. And trust is not my culture. 
I don't aim to build anybody up. I aim to tear everyone down or make them like me. Are y'all with me in here? Build. You is unity. Unity. I got you in the back. Unity. I love this one because I'm just going to get straight to the verse because last week's message, if you remember what Eden means, it means delight or pleasurable, pleasant. And David wrote in Psalm 133, Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters dwell together in unity, in harmony, together. Unity. Unity. It takes effort to be unified. You cannot step out. We, we see these. I love sports, so y'all have to forgive me if you don't love it. I love sports, and I, I, and I so often laugh at people that think that the best teams win the championships all the time. False. It doesn't happen. Sometimes they come together, and the, the best team is also the unified team. But oftentimes the most talented team isn't the one that wins because in the locker room there's turmoil that's going on. In the church, listen to me, in the home there's turmoil that's going on. And so you look and say, how could that happen to them? It's because unity broke up. It's only pleasurable and delightful when we are unified together. But you don't know what she did. I know what you did. And I know what I did. And I know what I've done my entire life. And if I hold someone else's sins against them that live with me, then I don't really believe that they're forgivable. And forgiveness does not mean that I'm saying what you did was okay, because that is not what it means. It's saying that because of Jesus and what he's done in me, I choose to not bring it up, because he chooses every day not to bring it up in my life. But it's hard. Building is not easy. It takes, it takes believing the best about the person, then it takes on purpose being unified and then it takes an intentional attitude and effort every day. That I must be intentional in what I do. That I can't walk out and say, you know what, we're just going to hit something today. I got no goals in my life. I got no aim in my life, but we're going to hit something today. Let me tell you what you're going to hit. Nothing. <laughs> but if I'm intentional and think, I could say this to her or to him or to them or to my boss or to my coworker. I could say this to them right now. But I want to intentionally show the love of God in my life. I want to intentionally be a good teammate. I want to intentionally be a good man or good woman because of what he's done in me. And I love what Proverbs says. If y'all want to know what to read in the Bible, I recommend the one-year Bible plan. I recommend all those things. But read a proverb a day. There's one for every day of the month, and it will change your life. It will make you think like a different man or different woman if you read a proverb a day, whatever day it is. Because Proverbs 21.5 here says, The plans of the diligent lead Surely to abundance. How many of y'all, come on, I want y'all to play along with me right now. How many of y'all would love to have an abundant life, an overflowing life, full of grace, that God's going to do something? I see some of you not raising your hand. Shenanigans, if y'all are with me. Because we don't want poverty. And listen, that does not just mean that you don't have anything money-wise. That means in your life you are, you are empty inside. I want a full life. So I must be diligent in my life. I cannot expect to get somewhere without being intentional in my life because I want abundance in my life but everyone who is hasty the one person man brother friend the one person in your life that you shouldn't be hasty with is if God blessed you with a wife you should be intentional with her you should be intentional to have talks every day you should be intentional to listen to her even though you don't feel like it I understand every man in here understands but we got to be intentional or someone else is going to. we got to be intentional to take her on dates and to make her feel special. 
Ladies, you got to be intentional to care about what they care about and to brag on them and to, help, and to start understanding that they find their solace a lot of times in what they do. And we'll look at other people and we judge ourselves based on other people. That is not right, but that is who we are. And when we begin to find our identity in Christ, it's when your life changes. So if you want them to change, instead of trying to change them, you change you and how you do it with them, how you look to them, how you love on them, and be intentional about loving them first and about believing the best in them and about being unified in your home and about spending time with them. And even if they're not giving back, eventually you will begin to build your way across. Yeah, but he's got to come halfway. Sometimes he doesn't. Listen to me. Sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes she doesn't. But she's either going to have to kick you off her island or welcome you in by the time you build your way all the way across if you don't bulldoze your way and bulldoze her island right into the sea. Somebody talk to me in here. I believe that we can be intentional and begin to build things up. And then our language, this is a big one. In communication, language is a big one. Because language isn't just not saying bad words. How many of y'all know that? So many times we hear let no corrupt communication come out of our mouths and we think that's cuss words. It certainly includes that. But it has a whole lot more to do with the opposite of the fruit of the Spirit. The rotting fruit, not being patient, not being kind, being jealous, hurting, not loving, being suspicious in our lives. Look what this says. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 1 says a soft answer. Everybody say soft answer. That doesn't mean that you don't have something to say. It means you're full of grace and seasoned with salt. That a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So many times in my life I've said stuff like, I don't even know why they were mad at me. And I said it with so much anger, right? It was harsh. What's wrong with her? Like, are you for real right now? Have you heard how harsh your tone is? How many of y'all know a tone can be nasty even when you look at them? Y'all have said it to your kids before, mamas. You better talk to me. You don't look at me in that tone of voice, right? But when words come out, it's heavy and it's hurtful. And oftentimes what we say is, well, I didn't even say anything bad. But it's the intent behind what you said that really causes a problem because our language matches our heart, even though we might even say things that are okay. It's harsh. But kindness in our heart because listen, I got something to tell people, and so do you. And we need to stand on the truth. We don't need to be shy away from there are some things that we're going to be with God on. Is anybody with me in here? But that doesn't mean that we have to be harsh about it. Because the moment that we're harsh, we're telling them that you're not worthy of God's love. And that ain't it. There's not a person that breathes breath on this planet that's not worthy of God's love. They, they may just choose to reject it. So we have to be truthful in love. And the last, oh, excuse me, I want y'all to see this. Behold, this is Genesis chapter 11, and I love this verse so much. It says, behold, they're one people, and they have one language. Everybody say one language. How many of y'all know that one language is not English? That one language is that we speak the same language, that we speak the same things, that it can be about this language, but it's about beginning to speak the same words. The reason that we at this church 
put out what we believe all the time is because we want you to speak what we speak because it's not just about us that we are going to reach the least lost and lonely with the gospel of Christ that it is about a we and not a me that it is about God first and then us that every person does matter to God that we're going to reach all of them with the gospel of Jesus and it is we are four points not me is four points I don't ever want anybody to think that this is a platform that I get to stand on on my own and I'm the only one we stand before God because he's our rock and our fortress and our deliverer and language matters when we speak the same language, there's power behind that. If you watch the great teams I was talking about in unity, they always speak the same language. And listen to what God said. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. Nothing they propose to do will be impossible for them. Why? Because they speak the same language. They speak the same language. At my home, when I begin to speak the same language... Nothing I propose to do will be impossible for my family. But if I don't speak the same language and we are in hostility toward each other, I can be as smart and read every book and go to every counselor and do everything that you ever wanted me to do. And I can promise you failures on the way. Because language matters. So if you're going to build up, you've got to believe the best. You've got to be unified. You've got to be intentional. And you've got to lead and love with the same language. That's three L's. You're welcome. And number, number five, the last one is daily discipline. Because I think this is what happens with us is we want to do these things, but we leave and go, I don't feel like doing it today. The day that you decide not to do, guess what? You put down the bricks that you can build up with and you get in the bulldozer because one day in a bulldozer does more damage than 10 days with a bricklayer. And maybe, maybe a year sometimes, depending on how bad our language gets and how hurtful we get and how selfish we get, we begin to lose focus. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 11 says, for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, pleasurable, Eden. But later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness for those who have been trained by it. The peaceful fruit of righteousness that is not rotten is good. I don't know about y'all, but I want to be a man that has a love relationship that is building with him or her. And in my personal life, that means Leah. But it also means some of y'all in relationships, in our relationships out there with my children. And in order to do so, I have to talk every day, which I'm going to do this quickly, but if y'all want to write them down, that means I have to spend time and attention, not be on my phone while she's talking to me, y'all, but really leaning in and listening to what she has to say, not trying to fix her, but leaning in, and vice versa, and show her the love and know each other. I can't tell you how many spouses that I interact with that I go, I don't really think they know each other. I'm not talking about playing the newlywed game and knowing a little bit about each other. I'm talking about knowing each other. Like really knowing each other, what each other dreams, what each other's passions are, knowing each other. And I'm telling y'all, we can build a culture of love and respect, and it takes time, but it's doomed for failure unless it's rooted and foundationed on the right thing. And all the rest of this stuff has been important, and I want y'all to know that. I want y'all to leave with some of these things today. I want y'all to build, and I want me to build the culture that we can do in love. And I want us to grow up together and not be bulldozers but be bricks. But listen to me, listen to me. You can build whatever you want to build. And if it's not rooted in, in love, in Jesus' name, 
How many of y'all know eventually it'll fall? That you can build the prettiest house you want to build, but eventually if it doesn't have a good foundation, it's going to fall. And Jesus said that in the Sermon on the Mount. This is what he said in Matthew chapter 7. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man. Say wise man. Who builds, builds his house. Who builds you, wise man, build your home on the rock. That's Jesus. He's the rock in our fortress, our deliverer. He's our safe place, ladies, when you're in need. He's the one that we can trust. Not you, not ever you. It was never put on you. It's never meant to be you. You are the leader of your home, men. And it's time for some men to step up. Ladies, you are wonderful wives and wonderful leaders. But you were never intended to be the protector of your home completely. God is the protector. God is the deliverer. God is the feathers that cover us. God is the one we can trust. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew. And those things are going to happen in our lives. But the house on the rock did not fall because it had been founded on that rock. But then there's another option and some of you will leave this way today if you reject the gospel. The truth of Jesus. Because we all want to build something, don't we? And he says, everyone who's heard this will be like, and doesn't do it, will be like a foolish man who builds the house on the sand. Can I tell you what sand represents? It represents me and you and anything other than Jesus. Because if I am putting those bricks down on anything but the foundation who is Jesus, I'm wasting time trying to build. Because ultimately, no matter how big and beautiful it is, it's coming down. And it says the same rains and the same wind came and the difficulties in life that are going to come and the pressure that reveals the truth of your character is going to come but the house that's built on anything but Jesus great was the fall of it not just the fall but great was the fall of it great was the fall of it you can be promised that storms are coming but the only hope that you have in your home building a firm foundation that's beautiful building every day with your words making a difference not tearing down but but seasoning with salt and covering it in all grace is to do that in the name of Jesus not in the name of Jesus in vain but in the name of Jesus because he's over all and in all and through all and he's conquered everything in me and the difference is I'm not trying to convince you that this is true if it's true I'm convinced that it's true and if you want to come you can come and that's when we begin to be able to build bridges across because we're not worried if they scorn us, if they reject us. You will be rejected. You will be despised for his name. But it's okay because you've been accepted in his name. And so I don't need everybody to love me because some will hate me. Because they hate him, they will hate me. But I don't need their love. I have his love. And I just need this to be the end today. And I need you to know this, guys. Many of you are worried about your children. Many of you are worried about your home. I love Acts chapter 16, verse 31. It says, believe, trust fully and not suspicious. I wonder if he could really love me. I wonder if this is really him, but truly believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. The only hope for your home to change is if you trust him and begin to walk with him and your children will follow and your spouse will follow. I believe that their spouse is in this room. Who have, other, who have spouses that don't know Jesus. And you wonder what you can do. Trust Him. Build those rocks and bricks on Him every day on the solid rock that is Jesus and trust Him. But listen to me. The only way that that can be the case for your life, sir, is if you're truly founded in Jesus.
I can't tell you how many conversations I have with people and I just feel the Holy Spirit telling me to say this right now. I can't tell you how many conversations I have with people that devastate me because they're very learned people and they know the Bible, but they do not know Jesus. Guys, it is not about how many times you've been to a church or how many books of the Bible you know, how many scriptures you've read. It's about one thing. Have you given your heart and life to Jesus saying, you're my Lord. I'm not building on what I can accomplish anymore. It's never been about what I can do. It's never been about how bad I messed it up because when you said it's finished, you took all of that, all my sin, all my shame, all my past, and you took it and died so you could rise again and I could have life in your name. It's never been about me. It's always been about Jesus. And if I want to build a love relationship with Leah and I ever do it on my own merit, I'm done. It's coming down. But every single day intentionally walking with Jesus because I'm his son, I don't hope so. My hope is in the one named Jesus. He's my Lord. He's my savior. He's my friend. He's my comforter. He's with me at all times. And he wants to be with you. I just believe this, y'all. There's people in this room that you know all about Jesus. You just don't know Jesus because you've never called on the name of the Lord. You have to call on his name and say, it's you that I put all my hope in right now. It's you. Will you bow your head and close your eyes with me? With nobody looking around, Pastor Mark. I believe you're talking to me. I want to build a culture of change and love, but I haven't put my hope in Jesus Christ. Today is the day of salvation for you, friend. There's no one else like Jesus. I believe he's calling some of you in this place. I just believe in my heart that God is saving people today. Don't you let anything hold you back, sir or ma'am, whoever you are. I want to see my home change and my life change be founded in Jesus. On the count of three, I just want you to slip your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me. I'm giving my life to him by trusting in his name and following him, believing that he forgives my sin. And for the rest of my life, I'll be his man or his woman. On the count of three, you raise your hand if that's you, sir or ma'am. One, two, three. Come on, all over the room. Thank you. Keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. Just keep them up. Keep them up as high as you can, if you will. Keep them up as high as you can. Keep them up. I believe you. I believe you. We celebrate with you. We celebrate with you, and we believe you. Four people put their hand up. I'm going to give you another second. I believe the Lord's moving. Come on. Come on. Let's put our hands together in this place. Y'all, we're going to sing one of my favorite songs. If you're one of those four people, I want you to go back to the back wall, if you will, and let us help you take your steps in Jesus Christ and begin to walk in him. Some of you are about to get baptized and we're going to celebrate like crazy. And I want you, as soon as I pray, to get up and start walking to the back for baptism. But I want y'all to know this. I'm not going to ask you to respond. But God wants to do a miracle in your home. And today's the day that it begins by building on Him the foundation. And by spending time every day. And by learning each other and knowing each other, being intentional with each other. Don't do it under any name other than the name of Jesus because His name is above every name. At his name, all of your past will bow. At his name, all of the things in your life will bow. And in his name, we can fully trust him and we believe. Jesus, you're the good and the great God that we serve. There's no one like you. There's no name under heaven and on the earth and under the earth that is like your name. And today, God, we will build families and homes back because we believe that your name, not a government, 
not a good talk, not anything else, but your name is, is mighty to save. And today, God, we walk with you and we worship you because your name is great. God, I believe you are mighty to save. And I believe more people in here have said yes to you today. And whoever it is, God, let them have the boldness to take their cards and say, I am trusting Jesus Christ because it's by believing and trusting that we're saved. And so, God, today we just worship you and we believe that you're doing great and mighty things in this place. We love you, Jesus. Everybody in here said amen. Y'all stand with us.